Hey Slate Church, happy Sunday. We're so excited that you're joining us on this Victoria Day weekend. We're gonna have a great time today. We have some fun things planned for the pre-roll, but before we get going, why don't you throw in the chat some fun things that you're getting up to this weekend. Erin, we should also introduce ourselves. I forgot to do that, I'm very sorry. Hi, I'm Candace. I'm part of the worship team here at Slate. I'm Erin and I lead a connect group. And we're just really excited to be here. I love Sundays, it's my favorite day of the year, and I love spending it with my Slate Church fam. Well, what are you getting up to this weekend, Erin? Do you have any fun plans? Yeah, for the long weekend, I have a few fun plans. I've got a lot of walks planned. There's not a whole lot to do right now, but I'm trying to get outside as much as I can, play tennis with my roommate. Um, that's it, really, just catch nice. up on work. Yeah, sounds like a lot of fun. Well, I'm loving seeing all of the great things happening in the chat. I'm get, I know I'm gonna get some great ideas from what's happening, but we actually have a, a little bit of a fun, little activity, something planned for today. So Aaron, why don't you explain what we're about to do? Yes, I don't know if you have ever seen James Corden's Spill Your Guts or Fill Your Guts, but we've decided today we are going to play that Slate Church Trivia Edition. We have some really yucky food items that we are hoping to not eat. Yeah. We've got sardines with, I, I think, a tail. I don't know what that is. Don't want to touch it. Definitely don't want to eat it. Uh, what is this? Like chicken Vienna sausage. Awful. I made a lovely smoothie with fish oil, egg whites, and ketchup. That's for her to eat. I'm not excited. We have some, just like some pure chili, ground chili, and some rice vinegar. So basically what's gonna happen, we're gonna ask each other some slight trivia questions, <laughs> and if we get it wrong, we have to eat something gross. So do you wanna do you wanna start? You can ask me a question and you can also pick what I'm gonna eat if I get the question, yeah. question wrong. I wanna go first to give you the worst one. Ooh. Of course. I'm gonna choose sardines I knew for it. you. I knew it. <laughs> I think we should but pull um, a Gordon Ramsay and we're gonna put <laughs> We're gonna put some hot sauce on the sardines and it would probably make it taste better, to be honest. And my question for you is, when is Pastor Emma's birthday? Okay. Day, month, No, 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 year. no, no, no. Day of the month, day of the month, and day, year. Day, month, and year? And year. Okay, I need to do some math here. So I know it's in January. Math. I'm going to say, where's Pastor Emma? You are the judge. Okay, you, yeah, I'm doing some math here. Um, oh my god. It looks gosh. really good. Okay, so it's 1990, January 24th? No, she's cheating! <laughs> you have to eat it! No, it's 1992 though. You have to eat it, cheating! Okay, but I actually was going to guess that. I knew it was the end of January, I'm not gonna lie. I will take a single bite. That's disgusting. I'm so stressed. <laughs> This isn't actually that bad, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> Don't eat more! No. It's not the worst thing I've ever had. <laughs> Wasn't okay. the worst thing I've ever had. That's revolting, go on. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna swallow. So, <laughs> first week of Revival Rumblings, we talked oh, about no. our mission as a church. So what is our mission as a church, Erin? To make disciples of all of Ontario. Dang, that was good. <laughs> that was good. Okay, number no two. For you. The second grossest thing. Fish, fish oil smoothie. My question for you is, yeah. what day, month, and year did Elmira launch? Oh, I know this. September 16th, 2018. Whoa. Good job. <laughs> I locked in, locked in. Okay, I'm nervous. Okay. Okay, I've, I'm gonna give you the smoothie. No. And um, here's my question. What is Pastor Brandon's middle name? Oh no. The time is ticking I down. I wanna we say Theodore, that's my only guess, that's all I can think of. Eh, wrong, it's Hunter. You have to, you have to drink that. We only have 30 seconds left, so you have to, you gotta do it real quick. So bad, I'm shaking. I appreciate, you made the smoothie and it's uh, coming back to bite you. <laughs> My legs are shaking. <laughs> so gross. Well, I, I think that's all we have time for today, thankfully. So hey, lean in, church. Get ready for what God's going to do. It's going to be a lot better than what we just did there. Be expecting God's going to do a powerful thing. See you soon. <laughs>
Hey, Slate Church, it's great to see you today. We want to take a second to welcome you. We're glad that you're here. We're going to start our service with a time of worship. If this is your first time here and you're watching live, there's a connect button there. We'd love for you to click it. Love to get to know you. But otherwise, why don't you stand to your feet wherever you are. We're going to lean in, press into the presence of God as we worship today. So let's get after it. to hear is the sound of a Savior's robes as he walks into the room where people pray, where we hear praises he hears. continue in this time of worship today and we're going to sing a song here called remember and focuses on remembering what God has done in our life the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross and talks about turning our eyes and our attention to him and so wherever we are today why don't we take a moment to do that whatever's going on in your life why don't you just take this song to focus your eyes and your attention on Jesus today
table for us and the crucified Jesus no greater love no bread of your body no wine of your blood Part of this song talks about focusing our attention on Jesus. So why don't we press in and do that today? Just turn your eyes on him.
month, we take some time every week in our services to actually just lift up some prayer to God, to actually just come together and pray as a community. And in this time, we, we thank God with those who are thanking him and we petition and, and, and come alongside and ask from God for those who are in the midst of struggles and trials. And I was reflecting as I looked at our prayer and praise this week, some of the things that people in our community are thanking God for and the things they're just crying out and praying for. Someone's thankful that their best friend is still alive after a bad car accident. Come on, we thank God for that. Someone is thankful for God's faithfulness in every season and the peace that he has provided to their family. Somebody is thankful for the improvement they've seen in their mental state as lustful and intrusive thoughts that they have struggled with have reduced significantly. That is incredible to hear. And we have people who are praying. Somebody who's really, really hoping and praying for a second child and they're going through an IVF process and journeying through that right now. Somebody's praying that God would continue to soften someone's heart, their, their heart, as well as some of their family members' hearts just to the message and good news of Jesus. Somebody else is praying that they would be able to find a job over the summer that would pay for their university and their tuition. And, and kind of what I was thinking about as I was looking at some of these praise and prayer requests in our community is that there's a fine line between a praise report and a prayer request. Honestly, there's a lot of overlap. A lot of this is actually just the journey of life. It's going through struggles and trials. It's going through good days and bad days, ups and down, and continually thanking God for the good, for his provision, for his presence, for his peace, and surrendering the things that are out of our control to him, praying that he would move in our situations. And I love that as we are journeying through life, we have big, complex lives. We have trauma and challenges and struggles, so many of us. But I am so thankful that in the midst of these journeys, we actually get to worship a God who has been through the journey, who has been through the pain, who has been through the struggle. We're singing a song right now about Jesus, our savior, who had to walk to the cross, who was nailed up there and executed in a violent, terrible way. And not only was he executed, but in the middle of it, he was mocked and harassed and made fun of. And yet even in that moment, he said, pray, I pray for them, uh, I forgive them for they know not what they do of the people who were tormenting him and mocking him. Come on, we get to serve a God who has been through the struggle, who has been through the journey, who sees us right where we are in the midst of our pain, in the midst of the challenge, when we're praising and we're praying and we're doing a bit of both at the same time. So if you're here today, and you have a praise report or a prayer request, if you're in the middle of the journey, I just want you to just raise up a hand right now, wherever you are, wherever you're tuning in from. And if you're here today uh, uh, and you actually wanna come and pray alongside some of these challenges and struggles and journeys that people in our community are facing, I would just invite you to lift another hand and we're just gonna pray together and lift up these things with confidence and hope that we serve a God who has been through it and who defeated death and is bigger than our struggles. Jesus, I just thank you so much for the incredible, overwhelming, world-shattering love that you have for us. I thank you that you are a good God, a loving God, and a just God. And I thank you that you see each and every one of us in our situation. You see us in our struggles, in our challenges, and in our trials, and you are moving in these places and spaces, Lord God. We just lift it up to you right now. We lift up infertility. We lift up addiction. We lift up situations of abuse to you right now, Lord God. We lift up situations where we're seeking financial provision, Lord God, and we thank you in the same breath for all that you have done, for the victories you have won, and for the confidence we can have in you. We pray this all in your name. Amen.
Wasn't that a fantastic time of worship? Come on, can we just thank our incredible worship team and also just thank God because there's something so powerful just getting to like enter into his presence and worship as a church and as a community. Uh, and hey, I just wanna say really quickly, we are so glad that you're here. My name is Nate, I'm on our lead team. And on behalf of Pastor Brandon and Pastor Emma, I just wanna say thank you so much for being here today, for tuning in, for being faithful and connecting with church, even in a really weird and wild season uh, in our world and in our province. Uh, and I just wanna encourage you, make yourself known in the chat. Uh, it's something that we say quite often, but the reality is church isn't meant to be an event, it's meant to be a community. And we would love to have you be a part of this community. So make yourself known in the chat. We want to connect with you. Every week here at Slate Church, we take some time to just talk about generosity and about giving. Uh, and to be honest, I was really, really struck reading through the book of Luke this week uh, of, of the story of a guy named Joseph. And if you're used to like some of the Bible stories and stuff like that, uh, probably not the Josephs of your think you're, you're thinking of. We're not talking about Jesus' dad here, but we're actually talking about this guy who only gets a couple lines in the Bible. It's after Jesus dies and, uh, and they're gonna do something with his body, maybe just throw it away. They're not sure what they're gonna do. And he's a wealthy guy. He has some property and some space uh, and he's a believer. It says that he believed that God's kingdom was still coming even when Jesus was dead and people weren't sure that he was gonna be raised again. I think this guy probably had more faith than some of Jesus' disciples. And he said, hey, I still believe that this kingdom is coming and I'm gonna offer a tomb for the burial. I'm just gonna offer the tomb for the burial. This is just what I have. I have a tomb. That's what's available to me and I'm gonna offer it. And, and I was just really struck reading this by the simple generosity of it. You know, I think a lot of times we like to picture ourselves as the main character in our lives. We try to picture ourselves as the protagonist. And the reality is the protagonist, the hero of the Bible is Jesus. We're the one that he's coming to save. And I think sometimes we can look for generosity in our lives to be something big and flashy. We wanna be the hero, but I love Joseph's simple faith and his simple generosity. He saw a practical need. Jesus' body needed to be buried. It needed a place and he wanted to give him the best burial possible. And I just wanna encourage you today in your generosity and your giving regularly and tithing to church, and your generosity in your community, when you see needs uh, in your family and friends and people on the street or wherever you see a need, to actually just be generous uh, in the simple everyday ways. Look for opportunities to be generous, be consistent in your generosity and your giving to church and your giving in life and embrace a simple faith and a simple generosity like Joseph who offered up the tomb that he had available. Awesome. Well, hey, we have a lot of amazing stuff going on here at Slate Church right now, and I'm excited to tell you about some of it. Uh, first off, we have connect groups. These are just a foundational way that we connect as a church. We grow smaller as we grow larger as a community. Uh, and connect groups are honestly, they're in a season of change right now. We're still running connect groups. We're gonna be launching something called Locals in the fall. It's like connect groups 2.0 kinda. We're ramping it up a little bit. Uh, but to be honest with you, this is the best time to get involved, to get connected, to find community. Uh, even with some change going on, the relationships that you build aren't gonna change. Those aren't gonna go away. You can still find your people and find your community right here, right now. So I would encourage you get connected in a connect group and get involved. We also have prayer morning that I wanna tell you about. This is something that we do every single week, every Thursday morning at 6.30 a.m. And honestly, it is like the foundation and the backbone of our church. It is like everything that we do on Sundays, uh, everything we do, pastoring people and caring for people and building this community and wanting to reach Ontario and, and, and this discipleship and all this vision that we have as a church, the foundation of it is prayer. The foundation of it is getting time with God. And I love that we get to sacrifice some of our sleep. We wake up at 6.30 a.m. You don't have to have your camera on. You don't have to have your audio on. Please actually don't have your audio on, it's okay. Uh, but we love that we get to sacrifice some of our time, come together as a community and pray together. So I'd love to see you there. Head to slatechurch.com slash prayer. That's where you can get to prayer morning and fill out a prayer or praise report as well. And uh, next and lastly, I guess, I wanna to talk to you about getting social. 
And there's two ways that we're gonna to talk to you about getting social this week. The first one is our social media. Follow along with us at Slate Church pretty much everywhere. Uh, we wanna be able to update you, get you the latest on what's happening in our community and in our church and keep you up to date. So follow us there. But more importantly, I wanna tell you about socials. We got social and socials. And socials are this new thing that we're launching. And it's just a way for you to get connected here at Slate Church. So we have our first one coming up, I believe on May 27th. Uh, it is gonna be an incredible time where we are gathering together. You can hear a little bit more about our church. We're gonna be hanging out a little bit virtually, of course. Uh, and you can hear a little bit more about what we have going on as a community and actually get connected in an intentional way. As I said a minute ago, church is a community, not an event. It's a place where you get connected and find your people and socials are the best way to do that. So go to slatechurch.com slash next steps and you can sign up for socials there. We would love to see you uh, when we run that. Awesome. Well, hey guys, I'm so excited for the rest of our service today. Uh, and right now we have a special treat. We're going to be going to a pre-recorded segment uh, out of the studio with honestly some people that I really love. They, these are people who have been mentors and leaders in my life for years. Uh, people that I have a really deep relationship with. People who I think are a great example for so many of us. And I'm just so excited for them to share a little bit of their story with us here today. So why don't we uh, get ready, get excited as we hear from Peter and Bethany Mullen uh, as they give the interview. Hi everyone, we're Bethany and Peter Mullen. This is Adelaide Mullen, and we are the Elmira Site Pastors. Uh, we've been thinking a lot about this concept of grace and um, just thinking about what it means to us and its definition. And something I've been really reflecting on uh, in this past week is just the reality that um, grace is God's undeserving favor toward us. And you know, I think about the fact that you know, in this new motherhood journey. Um, there's no other parent in the world that will ever parent like I do. And there's a reason for that. There's a reason and purpose that Adelaide is our daughter and my daughter. And, you know, I think about the fact that I'm not perfect. I do not have it all together. And there are moments when I question what the heck that I'm doing. And I just am reminded of the fact that, you know, God extends grace to us in those moments, that he has unconditional love for us. And no matter what I do, he still loves us through and through. And, you know, there's gonna be moments where Adelaide makes decisions or does things that are going to question and test me. But at the same time, I'm gonna have grace for her and I'm going to love her unconditionally. And I think that's such a powerful perspective when you think about it, um, that God loves us unconditionally, no matter what we've done in the past, present or future. And I just can rest so assured in that fact that God loves us through and through, even when we're giving our best, but feeling like we're maybe not, um, or maybe feeling like we're failing in the midst of whatever we're doing. But at the same time, God is really, I'm um, just so proud of us. And so he constantly is extending that grace to us, no matter the decisions we make or the mistakes that we make. And that, um, yeah, we can just really, really just believe that he's got the best for us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, in my life, I, I resonate similar similar to you with the idea of making mistakes. And I, I found that over time, I uh, make mistakes, turns out. Uh, <laughs> Bethany can attest to that. Uh, but um, I, I make mistakes with what I say. I make mistakes with what I do, the decisions that I make. And sometimes those actually carry really heavily with me. Specifically, I can think of a couple of mistakes I've made at work where it actually was fairly impactful and some significant people got involved. And I carry the guilt. I carry that weight of that decision. But then I... But I remember the idea that God has that grace for me, that I, that, that he, that no matter what I do, the decisions that I make, as I come back to him, he just, he just comes to me with open arms and just loves me and cares for me through that. And I think that's such an important idea for us as Christians that we need to stand on. Uh, specifically, if, you, if you're struggling with this idea of grace in your life, um, I really want to point to that story of the, the, well, the parable um, of, the, of the son who took his father's inheritance uh, for him and just went away and squandered it. Uh, he's used it on all these random things that the father probably wasn't very proud of. Um, but when the son decided to come home, the, the yeah. father, um, it kind of reflects the idea that the father was waiting every day for, it was, it was like the, the story kind of infers that the father was kind of checking every day or regularly monitoring the road, waiting for the son to come home. And when that son came over the, the horizon and, and down that road, it's, it says that the, the father just picked up his robes, which for that kind of, that generation, that, that, that situation in time was completely unseemly, seemingly for a man of his stature to just pick up his robes and start running down that road after his son to, to welcome him home. I think that's such an incredible 
um, the viewpoint of yeah. how God loves us and that unconditional love that, that he has that as we come and run back to him, um, he has that grace that he, that he will um, have that unconditional love um, that no matter what mistake we made, as we come back to him, he will, he will bring us that, that love. Yeah. Yeah. So just know that if, you know, you're on the other side of the screen right now wondering, does God have grace for me? He does. Yes. He loves you. He created you. He wants the best for you. Yes. And so no matter what you've done or feeling like, um, you know, there's something that you're still holding on to from the past, um, God has grace mm -hmm. for you. And we just want to encourage you in that um, and know that you're just so loved and so loved and covered by grace, by God's grace. Definitely. You are loved by God. 100%. Well, welcome back. Come on, why don't we thank Peter and Bethany wherever you are. Give a little round of applause at home. If you haven't yet, uh, throw a thank you in the chat. It's always so powerful to have people open up and be vulnerable and share their stories. And I'm so thankful for Peter and Bethany and them sharing a bit of their journey with us here today. I'm excited now as we get to head into our message portion of our service. Uh, I'm really, really excited for this message. I think it's one that's going to be uh, pretty transformational and foundational for a lot of us. We've been going through our Saved series, uh, breaking down uh, really this idea of being saved. What does that mean? What does it look like? And this week is going to be uh, just another excellent message and teaching uh, in this uh, series that we're in. So. I know what I'm doing right now at home on Sunday. I'm probably like pulling out my notebook, getting my pen ready, starting to lean in. So I would encourage you to do the same. Get your notebook ready. Get prepared for God to speak something to you here today. And join me in welcoming Pastor Emma to give us our message today. Awesome. Hey, well, thanks, Pastor Nate. I'm excited to continue on in this Saved series. And just before I dive in, just before I, I wanted to give you a bit of an update. You know, a few weeks ago, we had Heart for the House, and Brandon and I came on uh, the week after, and we let you know what our grand total was, and there were uh, some amazing, like, poppers with confetti that went everywhere, and it was very exciting. Well, I want to give you an update on our current total for Heart for the House, because, you know, it, you can continue to give to that, you can continue to pour into that, and right now, we are seeing uh, over 275000 dollars that has now come in for Heart for the House. That makes it our largest heart for the house in the history of Slate Church. And that is happening during a global pandemic. This is insane what God is doing. So we just want to say thank you. We are excited. It is so good. And I'm going to dive right in to our scripture today. And we're jumping right back into Ephesians 2.8. This is our grounding verse that is directing us through this entire series. So if you don't know it by now, you will know it come the end of this series. Ephesians 2 verse 8. For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is a gift from God. For it is by grace, this is at the beginning, that you have been saved. Why don't we pray together, church? Jesus, I thank you that we get to gather, that we get to uh, come together around your word, Lord. There's nothing better than that. So I just pray you'd speak through me today. In your name, amen. Amen. Well, listen, if you're taking notes, you can entitle this message, Unmerited. Unmerited. You know, a couple weeks ago, we talked really about salvation, and we talked about what that is and what that means to, to choose Jesus, to believe in our hearts and confess with our mouth and what that looks like. Last week, Pastor Jared talked all about faith and what it looks like to believe in Jesus. So we know as we're coming here tonight, we know what we have been saved from. We have been saved from our sins, the, the things that separate us from God. We know what we have been saved from through. We've been saved through our faith, our belief in Jesus. But how are we actually saved? How are we saved? We are saved by grace. You know, grace is a word that, that Christians throw around a lot. This idea of grace. We sing about it. We talk about it. We celebrate it. We get excited for it. But what does this actually mean? And very simply put, God's grace is God's goodness towards those who actually deserve punishment. Wow. It's getting something that we totally don't deserve. Because we have sinned, we deserve punishment, but God's goodness comes into play here. You know, a couple months ago, we have, we have three kids and they're awesome. And they are uh, little and they are all very close in age. And I am uh, very much outnumbered at this point in our lives. We have three little ones, a five-year-old Kenzie, our three-year-old Theo, and our two-year-old Claire. And a couple months ago, 
one morning I was doing something in the kitchen and they, they kind of roam the house, right? I mean, like this is their home. They, they have the free run of the house, but things were a little bit too quiet. And you know when things are a little bit too quiet that maybe there's something going on that shouldn't be going on. And so I walked up, up the stairs and all of a sudden I hear this giggling in the bathroom and I turn and it's Theo and Claire. Kenzie doesn't always get into the, the trouble with these two younger ones. It's Theo and Claire standing there and they have diaper cream all over their hands, all over their feet, all over their bodies. And let me tell you, diaper cream is no joke, all right? Diaper cream, it is water like resistant, right? Like it's supposed to stay on bodies. It, like if I, if I apply this to them, I have to like wipe my hand very well. It doesn't just come off with soap and water. So I am looking at them and I'm looking at the bathroom and it's covered, I'm like, oh my gosh. And there came out like, freak out mom came out, okay? I, I was not happy in that moment. It was get in the corner, get in the corner. I proceeded to walk through our hallway, into my bedroom, into my closet, into my bathroom, and diaper cream was everywhere, okay? It was on all surfaces. I swear I was only out of their sight for five minutes. It was everywhere, it was all over the carpet. It was, it was not a good scene. It was not a good morning. We ended up having to get like a heavy duty carpet cleaner to even hope to get this out. It was, I, I had tried everything, baking soda, Googling it. It was, there was no hope. It came out in the end, but these kids will never touch diaper cream again. <laughs> But you know, I was thinking about this idea of grace and this picture of this uh, uh, punishment of them sitting in the corner in the hallway as I was scrubbing diaper cream off the floor and, and getting so angry with them. And I was thinking, how ridiculous would it seem or how out of character might it seem or how strange would it seem for me to say, you know what, guys, you go, like you go off, I'm going to sit in the corner for you. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna jump in here. I'm gonna sit in the corner and you, you can go. They would have looked at me like I had two heads. They would have been like, what are you talking about, mom, that you are going to do that? You see, God's grace basically says, I know that you have sinned. All have sinned, Romans 3, 23 says. All have sinned and fall short of God's glory. But he is basically saying, I love you so much, each and every one of you, that I have saved you. And I will save you if you have faith in me. If you trust that, if you believe that, if you believe it in your heart, you confess it with your mouth, you will be saved. And my grace covers you. See, we're justified by his grace. That very simply means that we are made right by his grace. And how did this happen? This whole idea of grace, the goodness of God coming in and taking over our punishment, this happens through Jesus Christ. See, through Jesus' death and resurrection, we actually get to receive this undeserved goodness. We don't deserve it. There's nothing that you can actually do to earn it. And yet he still offers it to us freely. It's a pretty revolutionary thing. It's pretty amazing. It's like nothing we've ever seen before. It's like no other uh, religion would speak of. That Jesus would actually come, sacrifice himself, stand in the gap, and be there for us. See, grace is kind of twofold when we look at it. There is, first of all, grace that is found within this idea of salvation. It allows us to be in relationship with God. We couldn't do it on our own. We were too imperfect when sin entered this world to walk with a perfect God. It just didn't work. But grace acknowledges this, our, our, our weakness that we have. And it basically says, hey, I'm going to stand in the gap. I'm going to give you what you don't deserve. I'm going to give you grace. So it allows us to be saved. It also allows us to walk out a Christian walk, walk out a Christian life to actually do the things that God has called us to do. I often will say to people when they come and they maybe have asked like, oh, how are you doing it with these kids and, and work and all of these things? I, I will say to them, you know, I really believe God has graced me for this season. I believe that God has graced me and, and I believe he's graced you for your season. What does this mean? You know, 2 Corinthians uh, 12, Paul is talking about this thorn in his flesh, this thing that he's saying, God, like I am tormented by this. Would you take this away? I'm having a, a hard time with this. And he says that God had said to him, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness. I believe that is true for you today as well, that God's grace is sufficient in whatever you're facing, whatever situation you're in, we don't deserve it, but yet he still 
comes and gives it. His grace continues to enable us to walk out our faith no matter the circumstances. You see, I'm not going to touch on this too much because next week we're talking all about works in our saved series. But grace leads us to obedience. It leads us to walk out and live according to God's way. But I want, the, I want to be really clear here. It's not about what we do that allows us to receive God's grace. The byproduct of receiving God's grace is walking it out. The byproduct is living a Christian life, but it is not about the doing. It's not about what we do that gets us the grace. It's not a transactional kind of relationship here with God. You see, the natural consequence of receiving a gift is to use it, to enjoy it, to, to live it out. It's the same thing with grace. That's the natural consequence that we would see. But we do not earn our salvation. That's a really key point here. We don't earn our salvation. Grace is unmerited. See, in August of 1907 in the UK, there was an organization that started uh, that many of us would be familiar with today called Boy Scouts. And within a few years, it moved its way over to North America. And the whole goal of Boy Scouts was to have these young boys grow up with strong ethics and moral behaviors by instilling values in them. That was the whole idea, that these, these boys would grow up with these values. And you know, there's this idea that they have of merit badges. All right, you've probably seen the sashes. Maybe you've made fun of the sashes or something like that with all these little badges on them and all these little kind of things on them and stickers on them. And it's, I guess it's not a sticker. I don't know. There's a whole thing, all right? Like I was reading about this. It's a whole thing. You can get badges uh, in uh, camping in chemistry, in cooking, in archery, even bugling, uh, which you can look up. I believe it's a wind instrument, but don't quote me on that. There are so many different things that you can earn merit badges in. You know, there's, there's I think right now about 140 merit badges, and there is an elite group of Boy Scouts that have, there's like a handful that have actually earned every single one of those uh, badges. I'm not sure how that's possible, but they have done it. You know, this merit badge idea, it's not a bad idea. I think I prefer the Girl Scout cookies, um, which is a or girl guide, girl guide. Cookie. I don't know much about these, these clubs and these things, but um, I do know that the cookies are delicious and the merit badges are not something that I can consume. But these merit badges, they they're earned. They're, they're, this whole idea that you learn these things, that you grow in these things, that you develop in these things, and then you get rewarded for it. You get a badge for it. And although this is great for the Boy Scouts organization, it's not how we actually want to treat our relationship with God. And yet, many of us actually try to earn badges, so to speak, when it comes to our faith. We do this in, in prayer. We do this in being nice to our neighbors and reading our Bible and maybe having a streak on our Bible app that we just don't want to break. And maybe it's with church attendance or not judging others. And if I just do this enough, then I'm going to get merit. Then I'm going to get more of God's grace. Then I'm going to get more of God's favor. I'm going to get more of God's acceptance just by earning it as I go. For some of us, we think that if we just do enough, then we will be saved. We will be fully accepted. But yet the opposite often comes into play here as well. Because when we're so focused on getting God's grace and not recognizing that it is unmerited, we also run into this idea of shame. So all of a sudden when we feel that we haven't done enough, or we feel that we are not enough, or that we don't think well enough, or we don't feel the right things, or we haven't said the right things, we start to experience shame. And shame is this thing that kind of creeps into us that makes us feel like something that we have done or something that's happened to us keeps us out of relationship with other people. It is something that is isolating within us, that there are parts of ourselves that we actually can't bring to the table. There are parts of ourselves that we can't bring to God because of the shame that we feel over them. It is a limiter. It is something that we say, I can't have your grace in this area. I can't receive that in this area because I'm so ashamed of what has gone on in that space in my life. It feels like I haven't done enough 
So I have disappointed God in some ways. You see, shame isn't always the most obvious thing to see in our lives. A lot of us are like, oh, I don't really deal with shame. Like, that's not me. Like, I, I don't have that going on in my life. But I think that it's actually more common than we might think. So how do we know if we actually maybe don't have a full revelation that God's grace can surround every area of our life and every piece of who we are? How do we know if that, that full revelation really isn't there? Maybe you think thoughts like this. Hey, if I, if I just would have been nicer to that, that person, then God would have dot, 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 right? So because I didn't, God therefore didn't. Maybe, I, maybe you've had this thought, maybe I'm being punished. Maybe I'm being punished for not tuning into church this week. Maybe I'm being punished because of something that God, or something I did or didn't do. Maybe you've thought, if I serve at church, then I must be a better Christian. And therefore, God is happy with me. God is happier with me. Or this one is just, it's a clear one that you're navigating shame in your life. If people knew what I did, or what I said, or what I thought, I would be on the outs. You know, if God, if God really knew all of these things, well, then I'd be on the outs. And maybe it scares you that God does know all of those things. And you feel like, oh, I feel a little bit insecure about that. I, I feel a little bit unsure about that. Maybe you have things in your life that you feel like you would be judged for. Maybe other people would judge you for it, but I promise you God's grace extends over it. Yeah. See, so often as Christians, we are living as though we're just trying to earn merit badges in our walk with Jesus. But God's grace is totally unmerited, church. We don't deserve it, and that's the point of it. You see, our kids, they live in our home, right? They're able to go to the cupboard and get food, and they do so often. They're able to open up the fridge. They're able to, to lie out on the couch. They're able to come and go. They have clothes in their drawers. They have a warm bed to sleep in. And our kids did not do anything to deserve any of this. They didn't do anything. They have not paid us rent. They haven't, they haven't done any, they don't, they don't get up and mow the lawn. They don't do the dishes. They, they make the mess, right? Like they, they don't do anything to deserve this. And yet as their parents, we give it to them freely. As their parents, we would do anything for them. And I, I want you to hear this tonight. There is nothing that they can do that will remove them from that ability to live in this home, to have this home. It doesn't matter how much trouble they get into, like the diaper cream fiasco. They are a part of this family and they get all of the unmerited benefits of being part of our family. The same is true of you in God's family. You know, we are called sons and daughters of God. And we get the unmerited favor, the unmerited grace to be able to access what that looks like and what that means. We get forgiveness when we didn't deserve forgiveness. We get right relationship with God when we didn't deserve right relationship with God. We get eternal life when we didn't do anything to deserve eternal life. And, and we actually screw it up time and time and time again. And God says, I still forgive you. My grace still covers that situation. My grace is still sufficient for you. You know, today you might feel incapable, you might feel insecure, you might feel too messed up. You might feel like, yep, this is great for everybody else, but I'm the exception to that. I'm the exception to this rule. You might feel like God doesn't care about you. Or maybe worse, you've had someone else speak it over you. That God's mad at you, that you aren't really a Christian, that you're not really good enough, that maybe if you knew more, that maybe if you were better, that then you would be lovable. <laughs> then God could actually save you. Then maybe you could actually live a good life. You see, there is nothing that you can do that is going to make you a more viable candidate for God's family yeah, or a lesser one. This is not a job application where you come to God and show your achievements, your experience, your ability, and your skills. And God decides whether or not you're in or out. This is God saying no. Listen, the sin in your life actually completely disqualifies you from this job. The sin in your life actually completely disqualifies you from being part of this family. But it's him saying, but my grace, that changes everything. Like you're hired. 
That changes everything. You're accepted. That changes everything. You are wiped clean. You are set apart. You are worthy. You don't have to earn it. And in fact, you can't. You simply have to accept it through faith, through the belief that it's true, that we are sinners saved by grace through our faith in him, in Jesus. It's that simple and that difficult. It's that simple and that real and heavy. It's that simple and that weighty. And this is, it's out of that reality that we do, that we serve, that we give, we care, we behave, we think. See, when we are sons and daughters, when we have an understanding of God's grace, we actually live differently. And we pursue a life that's set apart according to God's way of living. We submit to him. We recognize that we actually can't do this on our own. But I'm telling you right now, you're going to mess it up. I mess it up. It messes it up all the time. I don't know a single person who doesn't mess it up all the time. And the amazing thing about God is that over and over and over again, he says, my grace is here for you. My grace is for you. You don't deserve it. Like, yeah, you don't deserve it, but I'm going to stand in the gap anyways. And I really believe someone needs to hear this today. Maybe you've just been sitting on the other side of this screen and you're going, yeah, but not me. Or how does that, how does that work? Or what is that, like, what is that actually, there's always, there's always a cost. There's always a, some price to pay here. There's always a catch. And God's saying, no, I sent my son for you, for you today. You don't have to live in shame. You don't have to walk in, in, in fear. You don't have to think that I'm mad at you. God is not angry with you. God is not mad at you. Keep leaning into him. He is a loving father. He is a good God. He is our savior. And we get to live in that reality today. So listen, if you have never made a decision to follow Jesus before, if you're saying, hey, I didn't know. I didn't know that God pays the price, that he actually covers the bill, so to speak, that God, that God stands in the gap. I didn't know that his goodness comes in for the, the stuff that I have done. I just want to ask you today, if you want to make a decision to follow him, it's very simple. All we're going to do is pray together and believe in our hearts that it's actually for us and speak it in our mouths. And it says in the Bible, you will be saved. It's really that simple. So I just want to pray with you today, if that's you. Jesus, I thank you for every person making this decision right now. Lord, I thank you for your grace. I thank you that it covers every sin, everything that is outside of your will, God. And I thank you right now for every person making this decision to follow you, putting a stake in the ground, focusing themselves to you, Lord. I thank you that your grace covers them. And I pray right now as they begin this journey of faith that you would walk with them and that you would be with them through it. We pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. Well, listen, that's the best decision you could ever make. I want to encourage you to join us at Next Steps right after. Hear more about this journey. Pastor Nate's going to let you know a little bit about that as we close. But we, we want to make sure that you are equipped in that as you go from here. But hey, church, grace is one of those things that it's simple and it's complex, right? It's simple to hear about it. We hear about it a lot because we need to be reminded about it all the time. But it's sometimes hard to accept for, for you, for me. Sometimes it's hard to accept internally and have a deep revelation of. And so I just want to pray with you today, wherever you are, and just pray that you would have a realization of God's grace. If you need that today, why don't you just open yourself up to it right now as we pray. God, I thank you for your grace. I thank you that it's not about what we do. And I thank you that there are people listening right now that shame is being broken off of them because there's a recognition that you are enough, that you came and died for us, Jesus, that you stood in the gap in ways that we didn't deserve at all, that your goodness is there for us and we don't have to be punished, God. So I thank you for that today, Lord. And I just pray that we would, we would leave here with a deeper revelation of that 
Lord, that as shame or, or thoughts or things pop into our life throughout this week, that we can remind ourselves, no, God's grace is sufficient. I am saved by grace, not by what I do, not by what I don't do, but by his grace. I just pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. Well, listen, why don't you stand back up to your feet and we're going to worship together, church. Come on, can we just uh, thank Pastor Emma for that incredible message? Come on, applaud wherever you are, clap your hands, toss some clap emojis in the chat, whatever that looks like. I know that uh, that message already brings some stuff up in me that I'm gonna have to work through this week, uh, but that was so powerful. I hope it convicted and encouraged you uh, as well. I think that was fantastic. And if you're somebody today who made a decision to follow Jesus, I just wanna encourage you that that's not a decision that just happens in a moment. You know, if you clicked, raise your hand or put your hand up or just kind of thought it in your head, whatever that looked like for you, that's not something that's meant to be done in a moment. It's not the end of a journey, but it's actually the start of a journey, a new life with Christ. And it's a beautiful thing. And it's something that needs people coming alongside you and supporting you in that journey. So if that's you today, I wanna encourage you, come to Next Steps, check it out. Uh, we would love to chat with you, hear from you, uh, and just help you figure out what your next step is in with this walk with Jesus. And hey, if you're at, at wanting to get involved at all, if you're like, hey, I, I'm not really connected to this community. I, I'm not on a connect group. I'm not on a team. Like I could use some people in my corner. I kind of need to make myself known. I want to encourage you jump in on next steps. There's going to be a link in the chat right now happening after service. Uh, and if now doesn't work for you, that's all right. That's why we have socials, which are happening on May 30th not May 27th, uh, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, but that's, so if you already put it in your calendar, go just switch it to the 30th, save the date there. If you haven't, this is a great moment. Go put it in your calendar right now. It's gonna be an incredible time. If you can't make it to Next Steps, if that doesn't work for you, if you've been like, I probably should go to Next Steps, but I'm not sure you've been waiting, uh, come to socials. It's gonna be awesome on May 30th. 
We love you, church. We, uh, we hope that you have a blessed week and you go from here excited, fueled up, uh, and just ready to step into all that God has called, to you, called you to and all that he's provided for you with his grace. Have a great week, everyone.